I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, you know, there's just so much going on uh, with, um, you know, uh, the. I think the collapse of the left at this point, I think it's going to be a huge bloodbath in 2022 in, in, in November. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening right before our eyes you know elon musk is is about to take over twitter he's going to do his plan b spend more money probably get co-investors uh with the help of jp morgan and uh take 15 billion dollars of his own cash it's interesting though you know bindalal said uh alawid alwalid bintalal who's a obama friend uh, basically is standing up against free speech in America. He's the guy that was partnered with Khashoggi. There, you know, I, I posted some videos up on Facebook and Twitter real and Getter related to um, Al, uh, Al, uh, Bin Talal's connections, not only with Obama, but also with Khashoggi and it just goes to show you Khashoggi and Talal were basically anti-Solomon, uh, the, the the Saudi prince that's running the show over in Saudi Arabia, King Solomon. Uh, that that uh, leadership was basically the difference between Obama and Trump. You know, you could look at America and say, well, it's an American president, but no, they, they couldn't be further different, right? That Obama, Biden... They're a lot different than Donald Trump. And Donald Trump's a lot different than, say, Bush. And then the Clintons, you know, Murder, Inc. and and all the corruption and womanizing and sex scandals and all that. But Bin Talal helped finance through a mediator, uh, Harvard, uh, a Harvard student, uh, Barack Obama. 
And I think that Barack Obama, you know, got his education through being an international foreign student. I think that's how he got into those Ivy League schools. But nevertheless, Bintalao is was connected with Khashoggi, and then I have a video and an audio of of Lindsey Graham, you know, saying we can't do business with the Solomon Kingdom, and that's exactly who it was that Trump wanted to do business with the Sol- the Solomon Kingdom. Uh, he wanted to do business with them because he wanted to balance out the power in the Middle East and take power away from Iran. Those who wanted to, you know, blow up everything in Israel and wipe Israel off the face of the earth. So, you know, there was this big difference between the socialist globalists of the Middle East and the nationalist populists of the Middle East. And it's no different like in Brexit. It's no different with Trump in the United States. It's no different than, you know, uh, what we see in Europe, like with Hungary and Poland being conservative nations that seem to be doing, in a lot of ways, a lot better than their liberal counterparts. So it's liberalism versus socialism, or liberalism, I mean, versus capitalism, uh, conservatism. Liberalism versus conservatism, socialism versus capitalism, et cetera, et cetera. The globalists, um, you know, are... Uh, in search of this new world order. And they just move pieces of uh, people around like they're pieces of objects. And, you know, they exploit the uh, human conditions and they create human chaos. They create uh, the chip away at your civil liberties. And of course, we're seeing all of that play out right before our eyes. You know, what's going on in Ukraine is, is really just the shiny object or the horrible object, you know, the physicality that we can see, like blood running down a person's arm from a cut, a wound. But it's really the cut, that cut isn't really probably the biggest problem with the person, you know. But we're seeing the blood in Ukraine, but really what's going on outside but, you know, um, there was this great meme that was passed around, and I uh, shared it with uh, my social media, and I thought it was a fun meme. And the meme was, well, there's a couple of memes, really, but this meme uh, was basically, it showed a Wheel of Fortune. You know how you have the letters up on the screen, and it said M blank S K. And then, of course, there's the Karen, and she's screaming, right? She's screaming like, ah, you know, I can't believe this. You know, when Trump won, there was that person screaming. And they they can't decide whether to press the A or the U for mask or musk. Which one is it? Mask or musk? We don't know. They don't know. They can't. That's the choice they have to make. And they're all connected. And the reason why I bring up um, Bin Talal is because he's connected, you know, of course, with Bill Gates. And he's in this video with the head of the Four Seasons. And uh, Bin Talal's right-hand man is Jamal Khashoggi. And he's in the video, too, with Bill Gates doing business 
and it's telling because when you get in that better understanding of who Bin Talal is, it, it is a very telling thing. In fact, though, he actually bought Donald Trump's boat, and Donald Trump bought the boats off the Khashoggi's, and the Khashoggi's bought them off the Maxwell's. If you were to look at the trajectory of the big, huge yacht that Donald Trump actually sold and bought, bought and sold, uh, the connections involve the Khashoggi's, the Talal, Bin Talal, and uh, the Maxwell's. Ghislaine, Ghislaine Maxwell and the Maxwell heir. And it's it's also interesting that, you know, Princess Diana, uh, Princess Diana was hooked up with Dodi Fayed, remember? And she died with Dodi Fayed in that car crash in Paris. But guess what? Dodi Fayed is the cousin of, of Jamal Khashoggi. Mm-hmm. Their grandfather is Muhammad Khashoggi. Both Dodi Fayed and Jamal Khashoggi have a grandfather. They share the same grandfather. And that was Muhammad Khashoggi. And they had a boat, and the boat that they had ended up in the hands of Donald Trump, actually, once upon a time. And then he sold it to, I think, Bin Talal. I'm pretty sure about that. But he bought it off of, uh, I think it was the Maxwell's or the Khashoggi's. Uh, forget what how the lineage went exactly. But this is a story I covered a couple of years ago. And I just remember it because it was so intriguing. Um, but yeah, here's the sirens. Um, but you know, here here's the thing. So it's all, they're all very well connected. Um, but you know, uh, Robert Maxwell, Ghislaine's dad, died on that boat. You know, that boat has a storied tale. But if you ever want to be entertained, look it up. Look up that boat and you'll see. But here's the thing, you know, there it, everything seems to be, you know, intertwined and connected. And this this whole thing about Musk buying out Twitter and the pushback from the usual suspects, the liberals, you can kind of see what's going on there. And then this whole thing about the masks and the masks and the, the liberal objections. I mean, just yesterday, Joe Biden was asked in two different um, scrums where he was getting on a plane or getting off of a plane. And next thing you know, he's saying people have a right, to, you know, people could choose. And then they uh, went again a couple hours later and he said, we're going to appeal it. And they're relying at all times with the CDC because it's the CDC's business. And I, I remember looking it up. I mean, I, CDC is a government property, but it's not necessarily a government department or agency. It's a uh, an extension of human health and human health and services, health and human services, but. Um, from what I understand, they collect both private funding and and public funding. But if you look up the CDC, it's not your typical government agency. So where they get off having all this control is beyond me. But, you know, they went to this 1944 um, 
this 19, and I don't even think they were around in 44, but um, they went to this 44 loophole. You know, of course, the judge cited that and said that, uh, you know, the masks don't sanitize anything. They don't clean the surface or they don't clean the area. And it was um, sanitation. So the 1944 ruling said CDC could issue mandates, mask mandates, if they're somehow involved in cleaning. Well, it turns out that um, the CDC used that in order to gain further power and control and leverage over the human population, you know, over, over the American citizens. And that was their loophole because everything they've done up to this point has been unconstitutional. Violating every, but so are the Jim Crow laws, and I've talked about this in the past. But they use them as guidelines, and then you had their corporate cronies and their corporate partners who basically, uh, you know, you give me this and I give you that. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. It's that kind of business where corporations know if they're, if they're going to have a future. You know, if it's, a, if it's big tech, my God, you're going to censor the conservatives. You're going to censor them if you know what's good for you. If you want that government contract, you're going to censor that group over there. And the Dem- it seems like the Republicans don't make those kinds of corrupt promises. I'm not saying that the Republicans aren't corrupt because, you know, we know that they are. We know that politicians in general are. I think that there are, there are good folks on both sides, actually. But I think that, uh, and I, you know, call it bias, but I think that there seems to be more Democrats spending more, mo- more of your money in the name of corruption than, than Republicans. I think that was, that's probably true. Because government programs always end up in corruption or leverage or cronyism. You know, whether it's a re- researcher like um, Danzak, Peter Danziak, uh, Echo Alliance, who wants a trillion dollars right now, he wants a trillion, to figure out how to avoid this from happening again when he's the one that created it. That's the part that gets me the most. The people that are the creators of the crisis are the are the, also the fire. So the arsonist is the, the firefighter as well. That's called job security. You know, that was happening out in California a lot, you know, where you would have um, arsons connected with the fire department to keep them in business. Or you would have arsonists working on behalf, like eco-terrorists, working on behalf of the the California state so they can get emergency funding and reappropriate or redirect the funds to another program, like the train program that they're trying to develop, that they botched. It was way over budget. You know, there's so much corruption. But the meme was great. And it it said a lot, you know, basically I said, this is too funny, begs the question, why are libtards so worried about free speech or my choosing to not wear a mask when they claim that masks work? By their own logic, they are protected and need not worry about the mask choice, nor censor me 
for having an opinion on the subject. You know, why censor me? Because I think that masks are bad for you. Why censor me? Because I think that the vaccines are ineffective. Now, it's already been proven that, you know, what was a conspiracy, uh, the difference between conspiracy theory and the truth is about six months. You know, remdesivir, for example, is still being pushed by the FDA and Dr. Fauci because Gilead got rich off of it. Well, there's a story out in American Greatness um, basically talking about just that. And the story is that remdesivir didn't really work that well. You know, Robert Kennedy Jr. uh, has a, a organization and it's called Children's Health Defense org and they've been talking a lot about this uh, watch the water uh, uh, film uh, that they put out on YouTube and uh, you know the snake venom in the vaccine in the uh, in the virus and the vaccine and they basically say watch the water was right on remdesivir but snake venom theory is a bit of a stretch so they don't debunk it, though, because the similarities are just too great. They, they, the similarities on the snake venom is too too great. So they can't really debunk it, but what they're saying is is that the hypothesis, it, they have not done a great job in substantiating the hypothesis. It says here, while it's true there is some overlap between the effects of poisonous peptides present in some snake venom and those of SARS-CoV-2 spike protein claim claiming COVID is ultimately derived from snake venom is a poorly substantiated hypothesis. So in many cases though, in this report that's put out there by Robert Kennedy Jr. said in an interview uh, Monday with Stu Peters, Brian Artis, Artis, a doctor of chiropractic attempted attempted to connect SARS-CoV-2 to spike protein or simply the disease process itself, known as COVID-19, to the deadly proteins in snake venom. In the 30-minute heavily produced conversation, artists did not explicitly state his opinion on whether COVID is caused by a virus or by widely dispersed toxins similar to the poisons in snake bites. So Steve Kirsch, Executive Director of the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. By the way, this group is anti-vax. Robert Kennedy Jr. is an anti-vaxxer. Just just to give you a perspective as to where they're coming from. So Steve Kirsch, Executive Director of the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation, took issue with some of the artist's statements. And he says, while we agree there is evidence that the virus is similar to snake venom, uh, we, Kirsch wrote on his subject, they, they agree. It wasn't while we agree, it's we agree. Okay. But as for the uh, other assertions, such as it's poisonous spread through water, they're not buying it. And in one other uh, article, they, they basically say that you cannot, um, they make a very clear and valid point about the water. 
Now, um, I want to pull this up and get to the bottom of it. The punchline of this summary was this. Regarding Watch the Water, if you... Now, this is another doctor that also chimed in on this. This is um, a Dr. James... Uh, scientist James Lyons Weiler weighs in on snake venom theory. Okay. Now they say this regarding watch the water. If the consume, if you consume snake venom, well, it's a protein and knowing what happens to proteins in our stomachs, it just, it is just an internet search away. So I don't have a definitive answer, but I know the venom has to be injected or produced endogenously to be found in the blood or feces of anyone. So that uh, would that would probably take uh, take out the concept of water. Um, so, and those are fundamentals; those are basics um, that you need to look into. So, you know, it reminds me the Watch the Water uh, series. I think its intentions are good in a lot of ways, but but its intentions are also probably more like for profit. You know, you got a chiropractor that sells a lot of different things and is putting this out there. I remember a couple of years back, you know, they came out with uh, this Alex Jones, Millie Weaver kind of deal where um, you had uh, this whole thing about um, uh, Shadowgate. And, uh, you know, I, I was actually uh, privileged to be part of some of that research. And I know how some of the data had been gotten, like the connections with John Brennan. I, I did the research on that personally. Some of that research was done by me. Now, I never took part in any of that. But I do know who was connected and who was not connected with... Um, with that particular uh, subject. And I know that what they were putting out there was completely bogus. And that's why I know it. And, you know, I was working with one of the individuals that was connected with that. And I know what those ties were uh, to that project. And uh, I just know what a fraud it was. I know what it what it was. So, um, what bothers me about it is some of these people are even registered Democrats. And what bothers me about that is that what we have to understand as conservatives is that we are going to get embarrassed if we're not careful as to who we align ourselves with. Do we want to align ourselves with subjects and theories? that are easily debunked, easily proven wrong, and get us laughed out of the room. And in a large way, I think that in some cases, in some way, you know, all these different things, hanging on to the um, 2020 election and looking in the rearview mirror as to how we can get President Trump back in office because he was so wronged, is not going to help us win in 2022, which is really what we have to do. So, you know, it's just, there's no doubt and no no question whatsoever that election fraud happened. 
Shame on us for allowing it to happen. Because it's not like we didn't have a warning signal in 2018, did we? In 2018, when Kirsten Nielsen got fired because she allowed the election to be so mishandled, you know, she was the Department of Homeland Security, and that was one of their purviews, the responsibilities. Um, clearly, election fraud happened. We should have been proactively and preemptively passing laws and putting things in front of a, a higher court that would, would have prevented this COVID nightmare from happening in our election fraud systems. But, you know, in a lot of ways, they just ended up getting away with it. And I think that one of the ways they got away with it is through the act of registrations. And like I say, um, I think that they were registering so many people and they were registering them as Democrats. And they were getting those Democrat registrations and voting them as Democrats. Because it was the Democrats that were actually pushing it. So they would get a person to register and deem them a Democrat and then put it out there. And they wouldn't even send the ballots out. You know, in the past, I've talked about how an invoice can get paid without you ever mailing the invoice. Therefore, the invoice has no folds. Remember all the ballots didn't have any folds? So... I think that there was a lot of fraud, but it was systematic and it was, there was probably more fraud in our FEC systems, in our bureaucracy. And believe me, this government is riddled with Trump haters. But at some point, though, we got to be, we cannot be outsmarted and we can't be outfoxed. And yeah, we're seeing right now this mask mandate go away, but yet the liberal. Uh, cities are holding on to it. Yeah, LAX, LA, that airport, you still need a mask. Philadelphia, that airport, you still need a mask because you got a socialist running Philly. And then New York, JFK, you still need a mask to wear, to walk into that airport. And that's ridiculous. In the face of that uh, federal judge decision in Florida, it's ridiculous. And so, you know, You say, well, it's only the liberals. But then, sure enough, I hear another city, and it's Salt Lake City. And I'm thinking, what the heck? Salt Lake, Utah, it's supposed to be conservative. But then you got Mitt Romney, right? And you got a whole bunch of Trump haters out there. And you got Liz Cheney in Wyoming. And Liz Cheney, she's raised more money for her reelection bid. Uh, And guess where the money's coming from? Northern Virginia. Inside the Beltway, Washington politics, K Street. Yeah, that's what's happening. Is, you know, we need to redefine laws, election laws, so that BlackRock and Vanguard can't influence nonprofit NGOs and nonprofit organizations to influence, you know, school curriculums and critical race theory and finance Black Lives Matter, uh, hate and Marxism and uh, property destruction, Antifa violence, bail money, all these things that the Democrats uh, play in, or George Soros buying up district attorneys across the country. You know, all of these problems are known 
and we've known them for years. We should have been a lot more preemptive when we had the power to do more in in preventing these things from happening. But looking in the rearview mirror right now, or engaging in these stupid little concepts like shadow net, or even even this snake venom um, concept. You know, you can make the argument, and the argument's great, but it's not going to get you, it's not going to get us, a, 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 it's not going to help us win elections. And in a lot of cases, the people that are involved in these things, you know, they're still endorsing J.D. Vance, who was a Trump hater. All you got to do is go back and look at the history. And you get all these other people that never really achieved the goals that they said that they were going to achieve. Whether it's uh, Seidel hackers in Germany or or all of these other things, be careful about how quickly you bite on that hook because you end up like a fish and you get yanked in. I'm just giving everybody fair warning there. Be skeptical and do your research. And don't be gullible and don't bite in on that hook so quickly. That's all, you know, that's that's the one thing I can say. Um, and, and if you're going to prepare your argument, be fully, you know, equipped. Be fully equipped. So win the argument. Don't, uh, don't come up with an argument and then lose the argument or the debate. So there's a lot of things that are happening, though. Elon Musk taking over Twitter. Free speech. What a novel idea. What a novel idea. And then also... Um, the masks, the masks. So there's a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of victories uh, that are that are happening right now. And I wrote this. I said um, with respect to uh, Governor DeSantis, Governor DeSantis is is now looking into not only is he looking into Twitter's fiduciary duty, which we talked about here on this show. Twitter has a fiduciary duty to its shareholders to maximize profits. And so that's why you're now seeing um, you're seeing uh, Elon Musk maximize profits, right? Because he's going to get it back on return anyway once he takes over. And I believe he is going to prevail at this point. His plan B, you know, they did the poison pill, which is basically a violation of the fiduciary duty. So what you have now is you have DeSantis saying, we're going to look into Twitter because they have a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders. So based on politics and their need to censor Americans, uh, they betrayed their fiduciary responsibility of maximizing profits to their shareholders. And... People are all over the internet saying, man, does this guy not know how to, how to quit? DeSantis every week is a rock star. He's doing great things. He did great things with the um, trans uh, athletes in women's sports. Uh, he kept them out. Uh, he's now going after Twitter and their fiduciary responsibility, you know, calling them out, saying that they're committing... Um, 
SEC fouls uh, because they're not producing maximum profits for their shareholders. But he also went after Reedy Creek Improvement District and basically this special exemption for Disney that allowed Disney to be uh, able to avoid lawsuits, especially now that they've come out and they want to indoctrinate your children, or I should say, future voters. You know, like I say, an eight-year-old's going to be voting in 10 years. 10 years is nothing. A 10-year-old, you know, in two, 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 two presidential elections from now, a 10-year-old's going to be voting. A 12-year-old, they'll be voting before you know it, right? The next election cycle, practically. That's how quick it goes. And the Republicans, I don't think, look at, look at things this way. I know I, I, I really don't. You know, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can look at things. I was just looking at this article today, and I, I posted it in preparing for this show today. And I said, you know, I never looked at the Ukraine uh, problem like that. But, you know, now that uh, Russia's moving into phase two of their conflict with Ukraine, guess what? The farmlands in Ukraine are not being uh, cultivated. So what's that going to do to the food supply? No, I didn't think of that until I read the article over on Zero Hedge. But that's a real problem. So I wrote this, though. Um, there was a uh, Twitter, this uh, representative, I think it's state uh, representative official, Re- Representative Randy Fine, he wrote this. He says, Disney is a guest in Florida. Today, we remind them Governor DeSantis just expanded the special session so I could vote, uh, I could file HB3C, which eliminates Reedy Creek Improvement District, a 50-year-old special statute that makes Disney to... Uh, exempt from laws faced by regular Floridians. So, so that was good news, right? And then, um, oh, just I just lost. It. Let's well, let's take a listen to. Uh, well, we're going to take a listen to the Twitter thing in just a second. But um, so here, I just read this one. It says. Uh, the Reedy Creek Improvement District is the governing jurisdiction and special taxing district for the land of Walt Disney World Resort. It includes 39.06 square miles within the outer limits of Orange and Osceola counties in Florida. It acts with the same authority and responsibility as a county. <laughs> and it's a district, okay. And then I want to get to the, uh, I want to get to the, uh, this other point, but I'm working with Facebook right now and Facebook does not work nearly as well as Twitter when you're um, doing these things. So I wrote a response to those things I just read and I said, the Democrats reign of tyranny is starting to crumble as we learn more about the rigged election machines Demand voter integrity measures. Trump Trump judge Kimball Mazel reverses CDC mask mandates, including Uber and Lyft. That includes Uber and Lyft, by the way. 
And I know that because Leonora uh, took a lift and she was surprised. She's the first time she takes a, a car into uh, Alexandria and into D.C. all the every day. And, um, you know, working on these different events and different things and writing. And and one of the things uh, that uh, she said was first day ever in a long time that she didn't have to wear a mask in a lift. And uh, that was good news. So I said this. I said, so Kimball Mazel, judge... The Trump judge reverses CDC mask mandates, including Uber and Lyft. Elon Musk restoring free speech on Twitter. And now Governor DeSantis goes after the Reedy Creek special exemption that protects Disney from lawsuits. And um, and there's just so much more. So let's take a listen to uh, Ron DeSantis here. Uh, we're going to get the uh, audio just right for you uh so but nevertheless i mean to me i think the state of florida and our pension system we have shares of twitter uh i didn't buy it we have people that run the fund but nevertheless it hasn't exactly been great in returns on investment it's been pretty stagnant for many many years uh so but nevertheless i mean to me i think that that's probably an injury to the fund so we're going to be looking at ways that the state of florida potentially can be holding these Twitter board of directors accountable for breaching their fiduciary duties. So stay tuned on that. By the way, uh, that's the Twitter thing. And then the Disney thing, you know, is because Disney came out so hard against um, DeSantis on his Don't Say Gay bill. The word gay was never even in the bill. The word gay, you could do a search on on that, and it was never there. So it's kind of crazy when you when you think about it. Um, but Cernovich um, wrote something, and he's a pretty uh, influence. You know, he's pretty much an influencer on social media, and what he did was a little bit eye opening last week. Uh, Cat Turd, who's also a major influencer, Cat Turd uh, took a poll out, and it basically had DeSantis winning. Um, let's see, he had it had DeSantis winning, and uh, I was just reading something on my screen that flashed up. Okay, so it had DeSantis winning the poll. And that's uh, that's pretty sad news. You know, that's pretty... Well, it's not sad. It's uh, pretty uh, eye-opening, really. I think this is the same The clip. state of Let's, Florida and our pension system, we have shares of Twitter. Uh, yeah, no. Okay, so th- that's uh, that was the same clip. So Cernovich, I just found his tweet. And he was reciting that, what I just played for you. And uh, Cernovich was reciting that, and he was basically saying, he said something actually not so nice. And the reason why I thought it was noteworthy is because I'm starting to see a power shift on social media that, you know, I feel a need to report it to you. 
Um, but, you know, I spend a lot of time on social media. I aggregate my news on Twitter. Um, it's still my go-to place. But I do a lot on Facebook, and uh, I'm trying to do more and more on Getter, and I have been. And then I'm writing my Substack uh, over at uh, Substack, scottadamshow.substack.com. Uh, keeps you kind of busy. Um, but uh, one of the things was, if you pay close attention, you you will notice that Cernovich... Uh, and you look who's retweeting them. Um, a guy named Will Chamberlain retweeted Cernovich, and Will Chamberlain's connected to uh, uh, Cernovich. And Will Chamberlain owns Human Events, and Human Events has got a guy on our board, uh, Brent Hamachek, uh, who's the editor over there. And uh, one of their senior contributors is Jack Beck, and and Jack Basobiak's connected with Cernovich and so on and so forth, and Cat Turd, and so on and so forth. There's like these little groups. And if you're, you know, experienced and in the business and savvy enough, you, you'll know who's connected with who. You know, like Molly Hemingway and Margot Cleveland and all these different people have different factions. And, you know... um, I know some of the writers and some of the editors over at Washington Examiner, and they worked with American Conservative at some point, and I know what kind of breed of conservative they are. And, you know, like J.D. Vance, Hobnobs in those circles, um, that kind of thing. So there are circles in Washington, D.C. It's not a very big circle in in general. And so it's just, you know... It's a small group. It's not the biggest group. And uh, there's a lot of people online spilling a lot of business. But if you look at some of these influencers who are collect, you know, receiving the lion's share of the monies, uh, they are in the business of influencing. And uh, they, they work in groups. And uh, that's how they get a bigger snowball. That's how they get a bigger bounce. And you'll see, uh, if you pay close attention, things come out, and they come out in waves. And you'll see that, you know, there's groups that are carrying water for each other. You know, and uh, I think we're a lot more independent uh, where we are. But but you'll see that. And the reason why I say all that, and I tell you all that, is is because I thought this was kind of an important tea leaf and an important um, shift because of what what I saw last week with Cat Turd and their poll. And it was a poll, and the results were what they were. But Cat Turd is actually a very powerful, popular social media influencer. And... They came out with a poll that had DeSantis beating Trump. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. And then this week, somebody within those same circles, right? And the circles overlap and things like that. But, you know, same vicinity. Cernovich uh, basically says, after posting this tweet uh, of DeSantis talking about Twitter, 
And what a rock star DeSantis is because one day he's going after Disney, the next day he's going after Twitter. And you're like, whoa, man, this DeSantis is just kicking butt, right? He says, feeling sick to my stomach, imagining. Now think about this statement that's being made. I'm not endorsing this statement, but this is the statement that he makes. Feeling sick to my stomach, imagining what even 10% of DeSantis' level of of competence from Trump would have led to. Basically saying, if Trump gave 10% of of DeSantis' competence, which I disagree with. I think that Trump gave great competence. So I disagree with that statement. Okay, I disagree with this statement. But I do think that DeSantis is doing great. I'm a big DeSantis fan. But for Cernovich to make that statement, this guy has almost a million followers on Twitter. And he's connected with some powerful influencers. And the people that retweeted this were in those circles I just described to you. And they have millions of followers. Something is happening in the Republican Party is my point. And it may not involve Trump. That's my point. Or I remember when Tim Scott from South Carolina said this. Tim Scott said he's the black senator from North South Carolina. And Tim Scott said that he would not run if Trump was running. He basically said, Trump is the heir apparent. Trump deserves everything he gets. Trump has been used and abused and mistreated. And if Trump wants to run, Trump is basically our incumbent. We're going to treat him like the incumbent. That was last year. And all of a sudden, something has happened. And Cernovich and Cat Turd and... I would even suspect Jack Sobiak, but I'm not going to quote that because I, but I, I do know that the people that Jack is connected with liked this Cernovich tweet. And this was just last night that Cernovich put this out. He says, feeling sick to my stomach, imagining what even 10% of DeSantis level of competence from Trump would have led to. Basically saying if Trump was 10% of of DeSantis's competence it would have been even so much greater. I don't I think that's uh, to backhand and to um say that about Trump is is a pretty uh I I actually can't can't uh I think it's all, all, almost borders on disgusting. But I asked this question. So I retweeted that and I said, is Trump losing to DeSantis? And I was thinking when I wrote that, I I was thinking of Cat Turd's poll. And I said, Trump has squandered his equity in recent months. In recent months with his endorsement of Dr. Oz and his endorsement of um, J.D. Vance, I, I find those really difficult to explain. Just as though I I also had challenges with Christopher Ray as his choice or Gina Haspel as his choice, CIA director, 
or Christopher Ray as FBI director, or Dan Coates as ODNI director, right? Uh, Bill Barr as the Department of Justice guy, a Bush guy. You know, I mean, there are lots of things that have you scratching your head. I don't quite understand it. Maybe it's a level of chess I don't quite understand. You know, um, there's a movie called The Beautiful Mind. And if you look at this one key scene, the guy says, if you want the, uh, there's three girls that walk in a bar. And he says, if you want the pretty girl, you go for the ugliest girl. And the prettiest girl will think, wow, she he's going to go for her. He'll love me. And the way you get close to the pretty girl, because she's going to be hard to even get close to, is to go after the gettable one. And that was his math, his genius math, right? He was uh, supposed to be super smart. Um, uh, something Nash, it was his name. Real live person. This was a, a biopic, you know. But in any case, maybe there is some method to the madness where Trump basically throws is giving a little bit to everybody. I don't know. I do know I hear complaints about some of the rallies becoming book tours and and just selling machines. And th- that's different than the way they used to be. They they become commercialized in a sense. It's just one big <clears throat> festival of selling. T-shirts, hats, pillows, uh, books, you name it, right? And um, that it didn't, it wasn't that in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? And and then you you mix that or juxtapose that with with the endorsements of Oz, who supports abortion, or J.D. Vance, who basically was a uh, Mitt Romney, Evan McMullen guy, and tweeted all the time about it. Uh, scrubbed his Twitter clean so you don't know what he actually said, but uh, we have the copies. Um, and I know the circles he w- runs in. Um, has you scratching your head. You juxtapose that with all the great things that DeSantis has been doing day after day, fighting for his state constituents. I'm sure that what he's doing also, he knows, is a political winner. And he's probably positioning himself very well for a presidential run. The question, though, becomes this. What does a guy like Tim Scott do? If he once said that he wouldn't run if Donald Trump ran, but say Donald Trump's winning, running, but so is DeSantis, and DeSantis is taking the lead, would it be then the case that all the other candidate candidates, like a Tim Scott, or like a Rand Paul, or like a Ted Cruz, or like a Marco Rubio, or you name it. Would they then to say, it's not, DeSantis is not, DeSantis is not the heir apparent. He's not the incumbent. We never gave him license to run the party. We gave Trump license to run the party. But now that DeSantis is out polling Trump, what does that do to the rest of the pack? That's a question I don't know the answer to, but I find it very interesting and fascinating. 
So Bradford File writes, if you dox, it's harassment. But if they dox, it's journalism. They're talking about, you know, that uh, libs of TikTok and and the Lorenz uh, woman from Washington Post doxing people. The Bradford File writes, if you think Democrats are losing their crap about masks, wait until you see them on election night. And Benny... uh, Johnson says, breaking Biden administration to appeal ruling that lifted mask mandates after, you know, he basically said, you know, well, people now have a choice. It's Taylor Lorenz that was uh, the uh, writer that was uh, writing for Washington Post that was harassing libs of TikTok. Um, It's family. Pretty disgusting, actually. Disgusting display. Um, There's a a nice little thing here where on lips of TikTok and it's it's this nine one one, what's your emergency? Hi, I'm being harassed. Who is harassing you? A Twitter account. Okay, what did it do? It shared my TikTok and you didn't want it to be shared? Um of course I wanted it to be shared. It's TikTok, but they shared it like wrong. You know, so basically what was t- libs of TikTok doing wrong? They're taking your TikTok that you want to have shared, you're publicly putting it out there for the world to see, and then you're posting it on social media. You think, great, right? But they have a problem with it because they realize that they're being, you know, laughed at. Rising Serpent writes this, a triple vaxxed and masked people still, if, if triple vaxxed and masked people still don't feel safe sitting next to the unmasked, Isn't that essentially admitting that everything we've done over the last two years has been a colossal failure and none of this matters anyway? There you go. One more. I'm going to read one more, actually. Uh, Breaking. Elon Musk is searching for co-investors to help him take over Twitter and is willing to invest between 10 to 15 billion of his own cash to take Twitter private. That's according to the New York Post. I want to thank everybody for uh, spending some time with the Scott Adams Show today. Uh, be sure to check out our Substack over at scottadamshow.substack.com. Also, check us out over on Twitter at Scott Adams Show and Getter at Scott Adams Show and uh, and uh, use my uh, use Red State over at mypillow.com. And if you'd like to make a donation to a sponsor of ours that is supporting um, supporting the Scott Adams Show, be sure to check out magapack.org. We also have a new sponsor, My, uh, my Supply, My Food Supply. Check them out. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, buddy.